At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic, whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Mary Moranville of Students for Eco-Education and Agriculture to talk about her experience with agriculture education for children. Mary was raised on a Holstein dairy farm in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York. In 2008, she founded CAG, Students for Eco-Education and Agriculture, which teaches children about the farm origins of their food and connects them to farmland in their own backyard. After years of teaching thousands of local school children, Mary realized that their parents also knew very little about local agriculture. So she founded Ventura County Farm Day, an annual countywide agricultural education event, which includes over 20 local farms, tours, activities, and takes place in early November each year. The Farm Day slogan is celebrating the hands and lands that feed us. Welcome to the show today, Mary. Thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely. I'm glad you're here. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? I certainly can. 
Well, you gave me such a wonderful introduction. Uh-huh. Yes, I was raised on a Holstein dairy farm uh-huh. in upstate New York. Nice. Where it is cold six mm. months out of the year uh-huh. and warm six months out of the year. And there was a moment of epiphany when I came to Ventura County about those years when I was invited to attend a local field trip at a local farm here. Uh And I was not involved in agricultural education at the time. I was purely there as an observer. And when I saw and listened to the questions of these local school children Uh and and the lack of their knowledge, Mm. it made me very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. for my days on the farm. And I said to myself, I wish someone came to my school uh-huh. when I was a child and told me what a wonderful job my father was doing and how hard he was working to make sure that the community and the community at large mm-hmm. had, you know, he was putting milk and dairy products on people's tables and I had no idea of the significance of that. Mm. So that was what led me to where I am today. So speak more about that significance. Like what's the big thought behind that? Well, it was just inspirational. I, you know, when you spend your first 18 years on a farm, mm-hmm. and and I now realize what a privilege that was, living in the country, mm-hmm. having land around our home and animals that they, that I get, you know, would get to visit every single day and wander around and and just that, just that privilege that I had of growing up on a beautiful farm in upstate New York. And then realizing, you know, today as a as a woman on the West Coast and having all this agriculture around me, that it is that that kids today are disconnected. You know, back in the early in the 1800s, 1700s, every person was every family was sustainable. Everyone either grew yeah. food or or, or had livestock. Mm-hmm. And today we depend on only we depend on less than one percent of the population um, to provide us with food. That's an amazing statistic. And yeah. because of that, it, because there's such a you know because that's such a small percentage, mm-hmm. we're so disconnected from it. And I really do think we take it for granted. And that's what I'm saying. I think I took it for granted back then, and I wanted to teach local children not to take it for granted. I wanted to to teach them to care about their local farmers, to care about the land, uh, to care about the agricultural workforce. We've got harvesters and pickers here in this county um, that work so hard every single day. And, And that just when I was just on this field trip and I saw the kids and their lack of knowledge and their questions, it just, it, it just raised a big question for me. I think I can do this too. And I think I can, you know, make a difference. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I'm really proud that I think I have made a difference. Wow. How long have, so SEAG is your mm-hmm. nonprofit that you set up. That is students for eco education and agriculture. How long have you had it set up? Since 2008, that was the that year was when I went on the field trip, and that was the mm. inspiration. We didn't get our 501c3 status 
until 2013. Um, so the program, it was a program that I turned into a nonprofit. So since 2008, I've been uh, on this path. Wow. Do you remember some of the questions that the students were asking back then, or even better yet, what kind of questions do you get now about where our food comes from? Well, some of the questions that kids have, well, first of all, they don't know what the word agriculture means. They oh, have wow. no idea. They don't even know what that word means. And again, Whoa. agriculture was the foundation of this country. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> agriculture is <laughs> the know. foundation of almost that. Of, of feeding yourself, right. feeding is, is the number one, your number one priority. So the fact that they didn't even know what that word means. And then when we would ask them simple questions like, what crops are growing um, in our own backyard? What crops do mm-hmm. you think are grown right around your home? And we get questions, we get answers like wheat. Wheat isn't grown in Southern California. We get questions, we get answers like um, corn. Um, so they don't even know what crops are growing in their own backyard. And then one step further, not only do they not know the crops that are growing in their area, uh-huh. but they have no concept of how long it takes to grow the crops. Oh, so here, yeah. one of the number one crops is strawberries and lemons. So when we say to them, how long does it take to grow a stra- uh, strawberry or a lemon? A lemon takes nine months and they'll say, oh, it takes a week. So oh. they have, yes. Yeah. And then... They have no, um, and I, when I say I'm generalizing a little bit here, uh-huh. uh, you know, some students are, you know, they were raised on an orchard or they mm-hmm. were raised on a farm, so they have a little bit more knowledge, but the average kid has no idea about agriculture, the crops, how long it takes to grow the crops, and the system, the agricultural system or the food system yeah. that, um, that uh, you know, and all the, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so there was obviously in that moment of you seeing this, there was something that sparked inside of you and that probably points to why think you why you think agricultural education is important. Well, yes. Okay, so you're asking me such wonderful questions. <laughs> so one of the things that's very sad is my great-grandfather came from Ireland to upstate New York um, he started a Holstein dairy farm. He also raised standard bred horses, which mm-hmm. are the trotters. Mm, and, right. you know, he came from Ireland with nothing. He had a little bit of money. He started this farm that was gorgeous and, you know, rock walls and barns and a beautiful mm. home. And it doesn't even exist today. And I think it's because that as generations pass along the agriculture as these bigger farms get larger and larger mm-hmm. and those small family farms um, the family can't compete or there's not a need for them to compete because when we go into the grocery store it's all there at our at our fingertips right and so my family farm michael casey my family farm it's still called Casey Road. The, na- the road was named after him, but the farm isn't there. Mm. So I would have to say that the the point of my inspiration comes um, from and is dedicated to family farm preservation. Wow. I really want to protect farmland. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
tell us about SEAG and the programs that you have and yeah, tell us about the organization. So, Students for Eco-Education and Agriculture, you um, asked, it was founded in 2008. It was a program. I started it under a local nonprofit uh-huh. as just a program. And my goal was, I was like, if I can teach 500 kids about local agriculture and where those kids come and where their food comes from, uh-huh. if I can teach just 500 kids, I'll be happy a year. Well, um, <laughs> so that was in 2008. And, right. then, um, and then the program slowly gained traction because what was also very important to me is to offer these programs 100% free of charge, oh, nice. which also included bus transportation. Mm. So I, I know for a fact that we are one of the only educational nonprofits in this area that also covers all bus transportation costs. So when a, when a school signs up to take part in our program, uh-huh. it doesn't put any money in our pocket. Um, and we pay, we totally pay for everything. Wow. And so that, so news of this program spread very quickly. So we've had many repeat teachers bring their kids on because they see the benefits, they see the significance and the importance of teaching kids about food literacy. Uh-huh. So that 500 number, that 500 kids a year slowly <laughs> increased from 500 to 1,000. And then last year we saw 4,200 wow. uh, kids in one year. Oh, um, nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I'm I'm very proud of that. Let's let's pretend here. So I'm a I'm a parent, and I just signed up my seven year old. Do you have? Ah, uh, yes, eight year old. Third grade is about eight nine. Yep. Okay, good. So I I signed up my eight year old to come on a tour, and so and it, it, this is through my school, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, then the, the the whole class comes. So we're on the bus now, and we're on the way out to where. Okay, so no, actually, the other nice aspect of our program Uh is we first want to give the school children an introduction to agriculture. So we come to you. We come to your. We would come. We would come to your classroom. Uh We bring props. We bring photos of agriculture, orchards, row crops, harvesters. We ask the question every, this is very important to me, and this is, again, something that I started in this county, mm-hmm. is to ask them, what is agriculture? What does that word mm-hmm. mean? And we get all different kinds of questions or answers. Mm-hmm. When, then we give them the definition. Agriculture is the science of farming. It's cultivating the soil. It's planting and raising crops. And it's harvesting those crops and transporting them to the supermarkets and farmers markets and restaurants where you eat, uh-huh. right, in your oh, home. All right. And then we ask the question, who's connected to agriculture? Who is connected to agriculture? And the kids just look at us with, like, very confusion. And then a few of them raise their hands and they say, my parents work at, you know, my uncle works at a grocery store uh-huh. or something similar. And then we say, well, who here eats? Yeah. <laughs> And as they all do exactly what you just yep. did. Yep. They all laugh and yeah. raise their hand. I eat. And we say, if you eat, you're connected Good to agriculture. agriculture. That's yeah. where your food comes from, comes yeah. from agriculture. You might have a garden that supplements your diet in your backyard, or you might have a container plant or something. But the majority of your food comes from agriculture. And so we go into the classroom. We teach them about 
the local top crops in right. this county, the top crops are strawberries, raspberries, lemons, celery, avocados. And then we talk to them about the parts of their plant and their function. And then we talk to them about sustainable ag practices and what they can expect when they step off the bus. Uh-huh. And we go through what they're going to see when they're there. And so it gives them an introduction. So when they step off the bus for the field trip, they are already know oh, what right. they are going to learn, which is really important because if you just take kids to a place and you haven't really talked to them about what they're going to see, they, it's kind of like a little bit overwhelming. Yep. The, with this approach, a, a st- uh, part one and a part two, it just reinforces what agriculture is and helps them um, to already know what to expect when they're there. Yeah. And so then they come to our farm lab location, which is at Petty Ranch in Satakoy. Uh-huh. Petty Ranch grows lemons, avocados, pomegranates, apples, and figs. And Ooh. so when they get off the bus, mm-hmm, I know. And so when, when the kids get off the bus, it's usually two classrooms. They are, um, they are reintroduced to, you know, agriculture and we do a little overview of what they've already learned. Right. And then we take them through the journey of a lemon. So we give them the big picture of the the journey of their food. And right. so we talk to them about how long does a blossom last on the tree? Mm. How long does it take to grow a lemon? It takes nine months. What happens in that nine months? What does the farmer have to do to keep the tree healthy in those nine months? Mm-hmm. How do you determine when a fruit is ready to be picked? How hard do the harvesters work to harvest these millions of pounds of lemons in this county? And it gives them, you know, because again, they have no concept of how how much food has to be grown for the population. The population is over 7 billion people today. Right. And this county is ranked 10th in agricultural production. And this county feeds not only other states, but we feed Ventura County farmers shipped to 54 different countries around the world. Holy so we smokes. give them, <laughs> we give them all of this information, which I, I know is a lot, uh-huh. but it, they have this total paradigm shift yeah. of where their food comes from. And one of the things that someone said to me recently is the whole reason kids get summers off was to work at their farm. Of, That's the oh my reason that they have summers yeah. off and they kids don't even know that. So they learn that the school system, the way it was set up in uh-huh. the 16, 1700s, right. was they were taught math so they could apply math skills in their farming. They uh-huh. were taught English. They were taught some sciences. But there was they were not taught anything about agriculture and food literacy because they were taught that from their parents and their right. grandparents on the farm. On the farm. And on the farm. So that is why there are no, there's not a national food literacy curriculum or an agricultural curriculum. And that's why programs like ours and others that are teaching kids about where their food comes from is so important and yeah. needed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, and it, 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 when you said we have summers off because we used to, you know, it was designed that way. It's like there was this 
I didn't know that, but it's like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we got, and I think our summers are, uh, the schools, of course, have shortened because I think right. like the first day of summer, which, uh, or, or the spring months, I think we got like four or five months off in the summer. Yeah. Um, to work on the farm, basically as soon as the weather started getting good and it was time to plant crops, that's uh-huh. when kids got out of school. Yeah. And they didn't go back until after harvest. That part has changed. Obviously, the summer's the, some, uh, the time that we have off. Right. It's, it's, short, it's shortened up, but we still they still get summers off only because it was to work on the farm. Is yeah. that interesting? Yeah, that is fascinating. Makes perfect sense. So mm-hmm. what do you hope the kids will take away from, you know, a day at the farm? I hope that I'm creating agricultural ambassadors. I told you my number one goal is farmland preservation, family farm preservation. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that we are planting the seeds, pun intended, um, mm-hmm. to create these agricultural ambassadors and stewards of the land and that they grow up and that they remember this amazing program and this amazing time that they spent on a farm and um, they go off to become, you know, voters. And and when they, uh, it's, it's actually very interesting because this year in Ventura County, there's a few initiatives on our, uh, that will be on our ballots November 8th uh-huh. and it's all about farmland preservation mm. and so the kids one day they will be voters and they right. will have a chance to you know hopefully they'll be in support of agriculture so yeah. that's that's uh, another goal for me nice so where do you see SEAG in five years um, right now, we see kids, obviously, we see a lot of kids in Ventura County. We see some kids in Los Angeles County, which really, obviously, need to be connected to agriculture and farmland. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping to expand and at least be in three or four counties. Santa Barbara County, I would love to start seeing kids in those counties. So I, I would like to see us be, uh, to reach more kids, at least 10,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Nice, 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 nice. So, I, you know, we, we got you here to talk about SEAG, but you have another really cool event that you founded, and you mentioned it in your bio. Um, and I thought it was curious that you started, you know, looking to parents and realized that they knew little about local agriculture. So I want you to talk about your Ventura County Farm Day and how that came about, because that's, that's something that I think really every city should have. So tell us tell us about that, would you? Yeah, so Ventura County Farm Day, we are going into our fourth annual this year. Uh-huh. And the inspiration behind Farm Day, you said it exactly, is when we were giving field trips to school children, word got out to parents on how fun our field trip was and how educational and they wanted to be chaperoned. So sometimes we would have, you know, 20 to 
25 parents that wanted to attend our field <laughs> trip to Chaperone. Nice. It got to be, it, it was nice, and it was also very flattering. Uh-huh. And they were just as excited and eager, and their eyes were wide open. And, mm. and when we would say, okay, what does agriculture mean? What, how long, again, how long does it take to um, grow a lemon? How big is the agricultural industry in our county? And we would say two billion. Or what are the top crops? And we would say strawberries. And strawberries, uh, six hundred million dollars worth of strawberries wow. are grown in this county. Uh-huh. They would have those same reactions. They had no idea. idea. Yeah. They didn't know the crops that were growing in their backyard. They didn't know that Ventura County was ranked tenth in agricultural production. We would say, how many counties are in the United States? And there's over 3,000. There's about 3,044 counties. Uh-huh. And we would say, when we would say that Ventura County was ranked 10th, again, their jaws would drop. So I realized as we were teaching the children about agriculture mm-hmm. that their parents also had little to no knowledge. So I, that was like kind of always in the back of my brain, um, that fact. And then one day, as I go to many conferences and symposiums and meetings about agriculture, because I can't get enough information, Uh the president of the Ventura County Farm Bureau was talking at a local farm about uh, local agriculture. And he mentioned, if you want to help agriculture in this county, you've got to reach the general public public. So I put that statement and all the knowledge that I gained from, you know, the field trips. And Uh I said, what if we had, (laughs) uh, if we um, approached all these farms in the county and said, why don't you hold an open house day and invite the general public and give tours and answer all their questions. And they get the information about agriculture directly from the farmers. Mm-hmm. So I asked 10, I asked 10 uh, farmers in this county, some conventional, some organic, some yep. big, some small, some orchard, um, some row crop, a good mix. Right. And all 10 of them said, said yes. yes. Oh, nice. Yep. <laughs> and nice. so our first farm uh, farm day was in uh, 2013, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, far, the farms that participated called me, and they said, Mary, people pulled into our parking lots at 10 a.m., and we were busy all day. And I was like, because when you do an event like this for the first time, you're yeah. like, you have your fingers crossed. crossed and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, it worked, and they were thrilled with the questions. They were thrilled with wow. the community engagement, and so um, we're going into our fourth year this year. I just, I just have to say this: I'm a what if kind of guy. In fact, Kari Spencer is my business partner in one project, and uh, Janice works with me, and James works with me, and Taylor. You know, these are my close friends and people that I work with. And they always know that when I say, oh, my gosh, what if that there's something coming out that's that we're going to have to go do? And one of the things that I really want to acknowledge you for is you do it. (laughs) 
So when when a moment ago when you said thank you, you said I said you you said what if, and then I started laughing because that's what I do too. And this stuff stuff happens in the world because people are brave enough, are happy enough, are I don't know enough to just say what if, and then they go out and do it. So I really really want to acknowledge you for taking on these projects and then actually go doing them. That's epic. Thank you for saying that because there's something that drives me. And quite frankly, I'm really not sure what it is, Uh but I, I, but I am very action oriented. Mm -hmm. Maybe I did get that from my father who woke up at three 30 in the morning to go milk cows. Nice. And there's one, I have this little sign that I just purchased. I saw it at a store and it has one word on it and it says, try, it's this wooden Mm, sign and it says, try period with the end. And that's all you can do is just try. I would go to these meetings in this County, these big committee meetings that agricultural meetings. And they were always talking about what they want to do or what they're going to do. And then we'd come back a month later and, and nobody had done any yep. and nothing. Yep. And I would sit there and get so like, <laughs> I wouldn't get angry. I would get frustrated. Yeah. And while they were trying to figure out what they were going to do and when they were going to do it, I was just running with the ball right. all over the place, yeah. you know? So I, uh, so I appreciate your, your, uh, your saying that. Yeah. Absolutely, you bet. So I'm I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. You shared with some something with me before we get got started recording, and I'd like you to speak about it because it is, I think, the third epic thing that you've done. And you had a press day last month <laughs> for your event, and Janice, yeah. who produces our podcast here, came out to it. Uh, and what I'd like you to share is why you did that because that's another really important piece of this puzzle that we all need to learn in fact i i said to myself oh my gosh i I think actually said to you we're going to do that so why did you do that well i think that you know like i explained the first time we we organized Farm Day in 2013. It was mm-hmm. really a wish and a prayer, and my fingers were crossed <laughs> that it was going to work. Yep. So it was kind of like on the down low. Like, you know, when you succeed, you do want everybody to know about it, but when you fail, <laughs> you <laughs> kind of want to, you know, you don't want people to, to, to uh, yeah. hear that you had this flop. It was successful, and the press got wind of it. And they called me, like the local newspaper, the VC Star called me. They Uh interviewed me. Why did you do this? They had pictures. And so that, the local newspaper covered the story. And then, of of course, it reached a wider audience. And then I had media and and, uh, print media radio stations say, why didn't we hear about this? Why didn't didn't you um, tell us about this? And I said, well, quite frankly... I will in the future, but then <laughs> as now it's we're going into our fourth annual, and yeah. I didn't want that same you know those same comments to come up from the press of why don't we know 
why didn't we know about this? Because when they hear about it, they understand the mission, they understand its importance, and it's something that they really want to get behind. So what I did this year is I was a little bit proactive in that we had what's called a FAM tour. It's a, a FAM stands for familiarization, and we had a FAM tour for local media uh, where we invited them to the county to give them a taste of Farm Day. And when I say taste, <laughs> I mean literally, you know, a little. Yes, literally a taste, and and we invited them to. Um, we we hired a charter bus, and we took them to. Um, to Howling's Tomatoes, Gills Onions, a University of California Hanson Agricultural Center, oh, and Petty Ranch, nice. and the Grass Family Farm, and we gave them a little snippet of what the general public will see on Farm Day. Yeah. And they had a farm-to-table lunch, and they had um, wow. they had a blast, and they have already started to write about it, which is wonderful. So it worked. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. All right, so I'm going to shift a little bit on you here, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. I, (laughs) let me think about this. You said earlier something, and I think that, that that I have to remember that not everyone goes at the same speed that Mary goes. <laughs> I can completely and get that with what you get done. Thank thank you. Yeah. And I don't mean that to sound condescending no. in any way because I don't mean it that way. Yeah, not, not heard I, that way. I just, sometimes I, I, I don't have a lot of patience and mm. I don't like that about myself. So I I really want to learn to be more patient uh-huh. because because of my impatience it's gotten me in trouble and I'm really working on that. Yeah. And you get a lot done. So <laughs> Yay. Thank you. But sometimes it's backfire. Yes, I do get a lot done, but I I I've some people and interpret things differently and, mm-hmm. and sometimes my impatience is backfired on me. Yeah. So I'm learning to be more patient. Yeah. You know, I I I hear you. I'm I'm also one that gets a lot done and you know, I've run over people in the past, not on purpose, but you know it just happens. So I, I hear you on that one. So what do you consider your biggest success? My, I, I really think that when we receive thank you notes from these school children hmm. and they write the most sincere, you don't, you do not, when you are a child and you write a thank you letter to someone that you've spent, you know, two, three, four hours with. Uh-huh. There's such sincerity yeah. that comes within that letter, uh-huh. and when they start listing out the things that they learned or the little funny, you know, um, bug that they found or mm-hmm. the, the the piece of fruit that they picked with their own hand, mm-hmm. and we're giving them. I don't know if you remember as a kid going on any field trips. I remember going to a um, maple tree a sugar, a maple sugar factory and I'll never, you know, and, 
I'm giving kids not only an um, educational experience, but I'm giving them memories that will last a lifetime. Yeah. And that is, for me, mm. that's successful. Sweet. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. What drives you? What drives me? This is fun. I'm having a blast. I I love what I do. I work with farmers. These people are the salt of the earth. Mm. They grow food for <laughs> us to eat. Uh-huh. What is more important than food? What is more important than food? Can you think of anything? Well, besides air and water, not much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people, someone asked me to write one word down and, and um, well, that he, he had asked to, different people to write different words and people wrote love and peace and, um, you know, truth and all these one, you know, wonderful words and they're all, you know, you know, the very highest yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. I wrote food and I was thinking to myself, you can't have truth without food. You can't mm. have love without food or peace because, you know, food is our sustenance yeah. and, so, wow. So I'm all about education. I have to know: is there one or maybe two books that have been significantly influential for you in your life in this process? Uh, yes. I recently had the pleasure of going to Stone Barns Food and Agriculture Center, and um, it's located in Chappaqua, Terrytown area in Westchester County, uh-huh. and I was. When I knew that I was going there, so this food and agriculture center also, there's also Blue Hill, um, which is a restaurant, and Uh this is the most sustainable farm-to-table restaurant that you can find. I challenge anyone to find a more farm-to-table sustainable restaurant. They grow they grow everything on the property that they use in the restaurant. There's no menu. You eat what they picked that day you don't have a choice you eat what they grow or what they raise Uh and so before I went I wanted to just learn more about it so I purchased uh, Dan Barber's uh, book Uh he's the executive chef at the restaurant and his name um, the name of the book is the third plate and he talks about agriculture you know when America back in the day when agriculture was just getting started here and what farmers farm practices they used to follow mm-hmm. and that he talks about biodynamic and organic and you know all the different varieties of grains and and it really opened my eyes to agriculture mm-hmm. see we say we open eyes to agriculture but he opened my eyes <laughs> uh, to agriculture and I learned so much about what our forefathers did before we wanted to cut corners and save money and (laughs) um so i really highly recommend that book wow so what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners pay attention pay attention to what you're eating Mm mm-hmm ask questions, be conscientious consumers, 
I've learned so much from the time I started this until today. Get to know local farmers, ask them questions, why they do what they do, mm-hmm. why they don't do, you know, what they don't do. Yeah. <laughs> um, just pay attention and ask questions and, and educate yourself. There's nothing more frustrating than to have someone say, you know, monocrops, they're terrible. They're the end of, it's the, they're the end of the world, you know, yep. and then they go buy a loaf of bread. Yeah. If they make these big statements because they think that they're supposed to make them, mm-hmm. yet they're not following their own practices of what they believe they should. So, and so that's my advice. Pay attention, educate yourself, and don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. Talk the walk. Wow, that's powerful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Mary. It has been a treat chatting with you. <laughs> thank you so much. I when when I'm asked these types of questions, it only re-inspires me and reinvigorates me to keep doing what I'm doing. So thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Our website is very easy, seag.org, S-E-E-A-G.org. And you can contact me through the website. website. And our other website is VenturaCountyFarmDay.com. Oh, yeah, perfect. Fantastic. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed 
or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.